Love thy neighborhood. Okay. Oh, cool. Oh, definitely. <laughs> awesome. Discipleship and missions. Mission. For, For modern, modern times. times. This is a show about self-discovery. About understanding ourselves. About looking into the mirror to see the good, the bad, and the unknown of who we are. This is about how we relate to God. And everyone else. From Love That Neighborhood in Louisville, Kentucky. Welcome. 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 To the Cast. Welcome to the Enneacast. I'm Lindsay Lewis, and every episode we walk you through the Enneagram and help you build better relationships. But you may be thinking, wait, where's Jesse? Why isn't he saying the intro? Well, I have great news for you. Today we have a special guest, the author of the new Enneagram book, How We Relate. Welcome to the show, Jesse. <laughs> uh, glad to be here. Uh, I've heard great things about the show. <laughs> it's awesome. <laughs> Okay, so joking aside, we are really excited about the release of your new book. And I had the pleasure of hearing much of your content here on the podcast and in the offices. And I read an advanced copy of your book, which I do highly recommend. But any book begs the question, why did you write this book? Yeah, so I wrote this book because years ago when I first stumbled into this weird sounding thing called the Enneagram. Mm -hmm. I kept finding like all this really, really helpful material. Like, I mean, the mm -hmm. first time that I encountered the Enneagram, it was like mind blowing yes. levels of self clarity that were mm -hmm. really helpful and terrifying and all, all the good stuff. Uh, but at the same time, um, I hadn't really found one that was really deeply going into the implications of the Enneagram as it relates to my relationship with Jesus himself. Mm -hmm. Where is Jesus in all of this? Ultimately, I wanted to write a book that was kind of the Enneagram book I had been looking for. I was finding all these really great resources, but they were scattered everywhere. And so I wanted to write the book that was going to help people have better relationships and the book that I myself wish that I had had when I first stumbled into the Enneagram. Mm -hmm. Right. So the way your book is different from some other books that we've read and enjoy is that you're teaching us the basics of the Enneagram, but you're also tying it in with the lens of faith. Yeah. Of our for Christian sure. faith. Yeah. And how how does God work with us on this journey of self-discovery? Mm -hmm. Right. Because he yeah. already knows us. Yeah. Better. I think that's great because, like you said, when I first read the Enneagram, it was like somebody took a paper bag off of my head. And it's like, I could see it just everywhere. But it didn't trump the things I already knew and saw in the world about God. Mm -hmm. So I love that you're bringing those two things together. So I want to read a few quotes that are just from the intro of your book. The first thing that hit me squarely between the eyes is when you wrote, it's easier to stay asleep to the truth and self-clarity wakes us up. So we've talked a lot about how the Enneagram is a tool for self-clarity, but 
Will you say a little bit more about why it's easier to stay asleep? Yeah. Waking up to the truth about who we are can be a really painful process. Mm -hmm. There's an author who says we wake up, we grieve, and then we live. Mm. I think that there is understandably and naturally there's a grief to waking up to the truth of who we are mm -hmm. that is really hard to stomach at times. Mm -hmm. Because while we can wake up to look at these beautiful things in our life, look at these wonderful attributes of who I am. There is a truth to we also wake up to utter shame and embarrassment yeah. of look at all these horrible defects and look at the ways in which all the people around me have to deal with these things all the mm -hmm. time that I look at the ways I'm hurting people. There's a real temptation for us to dismiss certain aspects of who we are. Mm -hmm. So some of us dismiss the negative stuff. Some of us even dismiss the positive stuff. Mm -hmm. But we dismiss it in order to survive in this world. But we have to wake up to reality because reality is where God lives. Reality mm -hmm. is where God meets us. And we as Christians are invited to live in reality because we can know there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ. So mm -hmm. I can live in the truth of who I am with all of its brokenness, and it's going to be a, a better life. Yeah. When Jesus talks about the abundant life, that is going to be lived in reality, not in some fantasy that I tell myself about who I am. Mm -hmm. The thing that's great about your book is you're still going to have some of those moments where you're like, oh, like, why do you have to, like, bring that up about my type? You know, that it feels so vulnerable. But I think if people do read each chapter that we see when you bring Jesus into the picture, it's safe mm -hmm. to do that. It's mm -hmm. safe because Jesus is looking at you with compassion, not with this judgment of like, yeah. Look at your mess, like you're gross. You know, mm -hmm. that is not at all your tone as you're writing this book. Yeah, I think the gospel is this idea of this good news, right? This good news that's going to change us and transform us and it's going to change everything. Mm -hmm. But good news denotes the notion that there is bad news. Yeah. Um, and a lot of Enneagram books that come out these days are really centered around like, we just want to make people feel great about themselves. And there can be a sense in which a lot of the the bad news is sort of diminished. Mm -hmm. And again, I think that we as Christians can get really brave and bold and honest about like, this is the junk. Like, mm -hmm. this is the bad stuff. This is the sin. This is the brokenness. Because the good news is so good mm. that mm -hmm. uh, we don't need to be scared of that other stuff. Yeah. Okay. Secondly, something that you say all the time, the purpose of life is relationship. Can you unpack that a little more for us here? Like, what if somebody is skeptical? Yeah. Yeah. So actually, I just taught last week at a big conference and and I had somebody come up to me immediately afterwards and say, isn't the purpose of life to glorify God? Mm -hmm. And I said, yes, but it's a byproduct of the relationship. At its heart, it's still about the relationships. If Jesus wanted to say the purpose of life is to glorify God, he would have said the purpose of life is to glorify God. What he says, is he says um, the two greatest commandments are to love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul mm -hmm. and strength and to love your neighbor as yourself. So Jesus upholds this idea that the totality of the scriptures, the totality of life, fundamentally are about our relationships with God, other people, and ourselves, mm -hmm. which is to say that the purpose of life is relationships. Mm -hmm. I talk a little bit in the book about this idea that scripture calls it the Imago Dei, the image of God. We're made in the image of God, and that at its heart, that means we are made as relational beings mm -hmm. um, because God is relational. 
So in their book, The Relational Soul, Rich Plass and Jim Cofield talk about this idea that God is love and that God can only be love if God has always existed in community. Mm -hmm. And so, again, we just come back over and over again to this idea that everything is created for the good of something else, Mm -hmm. that we are deeply interconnected people and that meaning in life rises and falls according to the quality of our Mm -hmm. relationships. Mm -hmm. So the days that we don't want to get out of bed, the days in which we feel horrible about ourselves, those are always indicators of broken relationships. It's Mm -hmm. not just because work is stressful. It's not just because our favorite show had a bad ending. Mm -hmm. Like It is because we long for and desire deep, robust, Mm -hmm. intimate relationships And that's how we find meaning in life. Mm -hmm. And so that begins with God and it extends outward to other people and ourselves. Yeah, man, that's good. All right. Towards the end of your intro, um, you mentioned that, you know, there's a lot of Enneagram content out there, religious and non-religious, but that you're making three contributions with this book. What are those three contributions? Yeah, the first one is this. A lot of Enneagram work has been done around the importance of life story, but there's a lot of Enneagram content that just ignores life story altogether. Mm -hmm. And so one of the things that I really wanted to emphasize is that all of us live and behave exactly as you would expect us to in light of the life story that Mm -hmm. we have lived. Mm -hmm. And so if I knew every event of your life and I understood it all, I would be able to look at you and go, Lindsay is living exactly as Lindsay (laughs) should be in light of the story she has lived. But the problem is so often we don't consider our life story. Mm -hmm. We don't look backwards and go, how did the things that I've experienced influence me? So the big thing is Enneagram plus life story equals clarity. Mm -hmm. So that's the first contribution is an emphasis on life story. Second thing is that the Enneagram needs Jesus. The Enneagram asks a lot of deep existential questions. Who am I? Where am I? How am I doing? What do I want? What's my biggest desire? But it can't answer those questions in really fulfilling ways, but Jesus can. Mm -hmm. The other way that I say it is that the Enneagram can't love us into wholeness. It doesn't care about us. The Enneagram is just a tool um, that describes, it diagnoses things Mm -hmm. within us, um, but it offers very few remedies. And so we need Jesus. We need not the idea of Jesus, not the concept of Jesus. We need Jesus himself Mm -hmm. to show up for us and to meet each of us exactly where we are. Mm -hmm. And then the third contribution is the gospel. So when Jesus comes, what is it that he's coming with? I say this all the time, but, you know, to quote Keller, we don't need more good advice. We need good news. Mm -hmm. And the gospel is not good advice. The gospel is good news. Mm -hmm. So when Jesus comes, what is this gospel that he's bringing to us? And in the book, I talk about this idea that the gospel is like a diamond. It's multifaceted, many, many sides. But each of the nine Enneagram types really are going to resonate with one side of that diamond more than anything else. It's Mm going to hit us. It's going to redo the furniture in our hearts. I mean, (laughs) all the things are getting transformed Mm -hmm. when we really, truly can receive the aspect of the gospel message that that each of us needs. And so, Mm -hmm. yeah, so life story, Jesus, and the gospel, those are kind of the big emphasis in this book. Yeah, that's good. Jesse, when I look at the table of content, 
I see that you don't dive directly into the Enneagram. You save that for chapter two. So why do you start the book talking about community and the soul? You know, I think of like Simon Sinek says, start with why, you know, mm-hmm. he's got this idea that like before you describe the what, you always need to start with the why. And the why for us is about relationships and community. Mm-hmm. Rich Plass and Jim Cofield from Crosspoint explore this, I think, is is beautiful. It's probably the best exploration of a foundation mm-hmm. for the Enneagram that I've heard, which is to say that each of us is a soul. And our soul bears qualities and those qualities, the soul expresses itself as personality. Mm. So where does our personality manifest from, from what is going on in our soul? I think that's good, rich Christian theology. Mm -hmm. But what happens in the course of life is that we've got this true self, you know, Paul calls it the spirit. And over time, we subconsciously begin to make all these adaptations to make our way in the world, you know, Mm -hmm. to feel loved, to have an identity, to feel safe. So the soul expresses itself as personality, but that all gets twisted and you get this development of this thing called the false self. Mm -hmm. And the false self is all about us as people trying to do the dog and pony show with each other (laughs) to get accepted and Mm -hmm. to feel loved and cared for. And In that chapter, we're going to explore community, why is it important, the design and nature of the soul, and then uh, the true self and the false self, and ultimately how those all come out as this thing called the express self. Mm -hmm. And the express self is what you're listening to right now. It's it's you sitting there right now. You know, Mm -hmm. we are always true and false. We're broken. We're whole. We're we're fake and we're real. Mm -hmm. It's all of this crazy civil war inside of us Mm -hmm. coming out. And so I think that that notion of the spirit in the flesh that Paul talks about, I think is a really important foundation for Mm -hmm. us as we then begin to go into the Enneagram itself. Yeah, it's good. Just to use that same picture earlier, I said, you know, we're all looking at our own shoes and we're just taking one step and you are offering us this mirror to say, look, this is true of all of us. Like we're all humans but we're all souls and, you know, stand up and kind of look around for a second before we dive into this really interior space, because I know your heart and my heart, which is that this is not a party trick. Like this is not just a number to throw out at your next dinner party or community group, that what we're asking people to do is have compassion on themselves and in their relationships so that we can all move forward as the body of Christ, right? That yeah. there's a bigger goal here than just find your number. Yeah. You know, that it's it's much deeper. Um, and that's why we believe Christians should use the Enneagram. You know, we're not scared of it, but we just use it as a tool so that we can be in better relationships with ourselves, with God, and with all the people in our community. Yeah, I believe that before we move into the Enneagram, the biggest foundation I think that we need to lay is this, is that God's great desire is for you to love and be loved Mm -hmm. in relationships. Mm -hmm. And if we can take hold of that, that we are already loved, and that God has invited us into loving relationships with him and other people, if we can really take hold of that, then it will give us the courage to walk into the rest of Mm -hmm. the Enneagram and into self-reflection and self-awareness in a way that will not obliterate us as people, but actually will invite us into abundant life. Yeah. Okay, I want to circle back to one last thing. 
You talked about in the book and just now when we have team members come to serve with us for a summer or for a year, you know, and they come thinking they're going to serve the homeless, they're going to be working with refugees, they're going to be reading all this great curriculum. And then you make that statement that the thing that changes them the most is often, you know, these roommate relationships and what they go through in those relationships. So there may be a listener listening who's like, well, why don't I just stay where I am and get a couple roommates? So talk to us a little bit more about like what's happening in these households, in this program that is transformative. Yeah, I think that, you know, the Love the Neighborhood program that we do for young adults is just one expression, you know, Mm -hmm. but what they're experiencing in that household, I think anyone can experience. If you are elderly, if you are a family with young kids, regardless of your stage in life, I think that it's a universal truth Mm -hmm. that when we get into close, intimate relationships with other people Mm -hmm. and there's mutual commitment, we're going to fight towards each other, we're going to love each other, we're going to know each other, we're going to be vulnerable and transparent, that those relationships fundamentally are the things that change us the most. And this isn't in the book, but one of the things that we often will do around here is sort of our pop quiz thing where Mm -hmm. we'll say, take 10 seconds and think of five sermons that deeply changed your Mm -hmm. life. And everyone sort of struggles and questions their faith. (laughs) But then like, we'll say, think of five people. Mm -hmm. And it's very easy. And again, it only goes back to show nothing is more fundamentally important than the quality of the relationships in our lives. Mm -hmm. So what happens is that these young adults come serve with us, and that's the thing they're discovering. Yeah. But I think that we can discover the same thing. You know, mm-hmm. you and I both have our own families. We both mm-hmm. have our own kids and spouses and all mm-hmm. those. I think that all of that is still fundamentally true in our households as well. Yeah. That God wants us to learn how to love and to be loved in relationships, mm-hmm. and that's the meaning of life. Yeah, that's great. Okay, well, this is deep stuff, and we haven't even gotten to the Enneagram proper, but we will in the next episode. But we all know that Jesse loves a good game. And so this week, we're going to have fun the Lindsay way, and we're going to play a game of hot seat. And Jesse gets to be in the hot seat. (laughs) All right. (laughs) So, Jesse, I'm going to ask you a series of questions, and you get to answer. Okay. All right. What are three words that you would use to describe yourself? Oh, my gosh. Um, Intense. Uh, That word has followed me my whole life. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, so busy and creative. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I think those are pretty spot on. Okay, what was the easiest part of your book to write, and what was the hardest part? Yeah, the easiest part was for sure the the closing chapter that's all about Jesus. And that's just because I had given a lot of thought to that. And there was just a lot of pleasure in writing that. So that that came pretty fast. The hardest for sure were types three and four, because I have tons of three and tons of four. So so those were like psychologically unnerving yeah. uh, to write. Uh, yeah, those were those were those were challenges. I could just picture yourself like alone in a cabin in the woods typing and you're like, shut up, self. No, you shut up. No, don't talk to me like that's that. That's fairly that's <laughs> fairly close to the truth. I'm like, yeah. Quit, quit that. Yeah. Like, oh, I have to write it. OK, that's good. All right. 
which Enneatype do you relate to the least, like in characteristics, and in what ways do you want to cultivate some of that type into your life? Yeah, at least relate to type two. Uh, yeah, I'm not great at caring and serving and <laughs> empathy. And I'd like to also apologize to my wife right now. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, just that natural inclination that they, they see a need and immediately are willing to let it interrupt their life. Mm. I can be so agenda driven at times that mm -hmm. it can be really hard for me to unlock out of that and, mm -hmm. and to get a new agenda. So I would love to grow in that and to, mm -hmm. to grow in the servant nature of Jesus. Yes, more more of that, please. Okay, that sounds good. All right, last question. If you were a food, what would you be? Um, okay, my son and I did this thing a couple years ago called the Burger Tour. Yes. So we went around our city and like once a week or once every other week, he and I would go try a different burger at a different restaurant. Yes. So over the course of like three years, we had like 35 burgers or something. That's and we would rank them and it was it was really great. So I think I would have to say um, like a gourmet burger, but like in a very cool atmosphere. Yes. So yeah, I'll go with that. I think that's pretty spot on. A burger something you can eat when you're busy. Yeah. But it would be yeah high end. Yeah. For all your snobby delights yeah. and yeah. preferences. Mm-hmm. And then you can make a burger intense. Mm -hmm. You can do it all sorts of ways. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay, I support it. So that wraps up episode one of our mini series on Jesse's new book, How We Relate, Understanding God, Yourself, and Others Through the Enneagram. Okay, Jesse, where can people go to get your book? Yep. So head over to howwerelatebook.com. You can actually download the first two chapters for free, or you can just go wherever you prefer to buy books. So if mm -hmm. you want to buy it on Amazon, it's there now, or you want to go to your local bookseller, you can get it there as well. What about if people want to listen to your book? Yeah, there is an audiobook version, which I did read myself. Mm -hmm. So the audiobook will also be available. And the book comes out January 24th. So if you want it in your home on January 24th, go over to HowWeRelateBook.com and buy it now. Awesome. And stay tuned because we're going to be back two more episodes diving further into the book. Thanks, everybody. 